Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. That's not my real name. That's my pen name that I came up with here at LOL Sober. And hey, it's an anonymous program that I participate in, so I can call myself whatever I want, I think. Uh, so I will. Today I'll call myself Nelson. Uh, I was at a meeting a few weeks ago, and a guy mentioned he had been going through some significant life difficulties that I won't go through, but um, he shared about them. And they did not involve alcohol, but they affected his alcoholism. Uh, and the point he wanted to make was that he was startled by how much more productive his conversations were with sober friends rather than the non-alcoholic friends and family that he had been sharing with. And he said he shared his struggles with about five people from each group. And he said the conversations were very, very different with sober people, and he couldn't figure out why. He said, I can't put my finger on it. I don't understand why. And I found myself nodding along because I had this exact situation about 10 years ago, and I actually I actually thought about it and arrived at an answer to why I think that is, why those conversations, why is it a little bit different with sober people sometimes? And my situation that I was struggling was that I had moved from New Jersey to Connecticut, and I kind of went off the rails in every aspect of life, but I did not drink and I did not use drugs. So this is, uh, you know, my sober life, but not the actual sobriety, the, the drinking and drugging. The process of moving was a disaster because uh, at my old house in New Jersey, we had home inspectors come in when we were trying to sell it and move and buy a new house at the same time. The, the inspectors of the New Jersey house, they found an oil tank underneath the house <laughs> we were selling. So the EPA was going to have to get involved. We had to take the house off the market, and we had to drop our asking price. I think we were around two fifty, and uh, we had to drop it down under 200000 It just took a huge – it just took a huge ding for that thing. And so – in Connecticut, we had to rent a house and live in a rental, and I was trying to take care of this old house and pay for this old house that was a dumpster fire in New Jersey while living in Connecticut, and just the cost of my the rental house and the house that I the, – the, the dumpster fire, just the housing expenses were more than my income. So I was going into debt and just sinking and sinking and sinking. And I didn't really have a sober program in the place I had moved to. So I was not kind of actively sober either. I was just uh, just not drinking, you know, not doing anything spiritually fit. The stress was the stress was overwhelming. It was making me a bad dad, bad husband, bad employee, bad neighbor, bad driver, bad everything. <laughs> it was bad. Um, and I eventually I, I pain got to be too great. And so I started going to meetings in Connecticut, making connections here. And I built a good recovery network in Connecticut. And I started getting more spiritually fit. And that helped enormously because I began to realize that, yes, this was a financial dumpster fire. And there was so much uncertainty about how it was going to play out. But I knew I was going to be okay. I felt I really believed that. I think, you know, it's going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but I, if I declare bankrupt bankruptcy and have to start over again financially, like I'll still be okay. And I'd been able to cobble together enough short-term, you know, finances to keep my family, you know, everybody we had dinner every day, we had electricity, I had a roof over my head. I <laughs> I actually owned, you know, I I had two roofs. 
that I was paying for, so it was more than one roof over my head. Um, and I found myself mostly keeping my situation quiet. Um, but I did share with two sets of people, sober people and some friends from work. And both groups were wonderful friends. They offered suggestions and solutions, and I was grateful to have both groups. But I often found myself very, very, very aggravated and um, irate about the whole thing. And sometimes irate at people, sometimes irate at the situation, and sometimes just like irate at the universe. And I found my conversations with work friends were, wasn't really helping because when I, <laughs> when I called contractors or the old owner of my New Jersey house, like an asshole and blah, 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 my work friends would often chime in with even worse insults. And when I moaned and groaned about, um, you know, having bad luck, they doubled down on how much I was getting screwed. And I found, I told myself that this was venting, you know, I was just airing it out. You know, everybody deserves a right to vent a little and that it was helpful and healthy, that healthy people vent, don't they? In this case, though, I was lying to myself. I wanted to be mad, and I wanted people to back me up to let me, to allow me to be, to be mad. And, and that's what my work friends were, were doing. They were letting me be irate, and some of them, they got irate with it also. And so it was like a multiplication effect. And again, I think they were fantastic friends to, to validate my feelings and be there for me. And I do think it helped, but it helped a little bit more with my sober network because the sober people, they would do some of the same stuff, but it was a lot less negativity and a lot more. So what's the solution? And well, well let's think about their side of the street in this for a moment and Anytime I would rant about the dipshit we hired to build new steps that cost twice what he quoted us, which is a true thing, like all of a sudden we got the another part of the inspection report that was like, oh, by the way, as we investigate this oil tank, um, you also need new steps or you can't sell this house. So um, I would I was pretty livid about this guy in New Jersey that I never met in person who's like, you know, it'll be... I think he said 1500 and it was 3000 or something like that. And I was like, I was losing it. And every time I shared about that guy, like my sober friends, they would steer, steer the conversation away from insulting the guy and whining and complaining. And they would steer it more toward, so what are next steps? What's going on? With, what, and what's going on with you right now? Like, what's this, what actions will you take about the situation? And, what actions will you take for yourself to be as spiritually fit as possible? And other sober people, they just listened and, uh, you know, people, people sometimes would just listen and nod in a way where I felt both heard, heard as in they, they heard me stark raving mad and, and I didn't want to keep going, you know, as I, as I, as they looked at me, you know, there were people I respected and admired and they were choosing not to actively participate in talking bad about people. And that made me want to stop. That, that made me think, you know, that person lives their life in a way that I really look up to. And they're choosing to speak about this situation different than I am right now. And I'd like to try their way. So the, just to, to finish off the story about New Jersey, we ended up selling the house for $100,000 less than what we bought it for. Uh, 
like $125,000 less than we bought it for just a couple years before. So it was a catastrophic financial loss, catastrophic. The oil tank, I think the details of it, if I remember correctly, if it's a 500-gallon oil tank, the EPA needs to handle it. If it's under 500, you can hire a professional to handle it for you, and it's a lot easier. You just yank it out of there. And this was a 500-gallon tank that had 493 gallons in it. So something like that. It Basically, it was like at the wire. It was really close. And so that's the kind of conversation, like when it came up with sober people, they would say to me, well, hey, there's your silver lining. You know, this worked out. You know, it sucks, but it worked out in a way where you're going to be okay. You know, and we were. You know, we moved on with our life. Definitely had a couple of years of like rebuilding financially because it was not fun. It was just like a, a money pit, you know, but it worked out. And so when that guy was sharing at the meeting about being perplexed that like, I wonder why this is so beneficial. I got where he was coming from. And, but I was so glad I had stumbled into that exact same revelation earlier in my sober life. I still find great value in sharing stuff with friends and family, for sure. Great friends and family. Um, but I also find tremendous value in sharing with my sober network. I would never advocate to only have people in your life who are in recovery because it's, you know, it's like, we're not all pe perfect people here in the in the recovery pro world either. So I love the balance. I hope I never again have to try to go through my life without that balance. So thanks for letting me share.